MSW Media. Hey all, it's Dan. We've got a killer show coming up in just a second with comedian Brad Williams and Rob Dietrich, the master distiller of a blackened, which is metallic as whiskey. But first, it is the holidays, and I want to tell you about a special offer from one of our sponsors, Me Undies. That's right, Me Undies. They offer classic colors, ridiculous prints on their underwear, and they're running a special right now on the Mandalorian. That's right. The child. It features the child. You've got pullover hoodie. You've got onesies, lounge pants, Henleys, all featuring that cute little baby Yoda. I don't even know what his name is. It's exciting. And Me Undies has a great offer for my listeners. First time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. Just go to MeUndies.com slash drinking. That's MeUndies.com slash drinking. And may the force be with you. And now a word from one of our dream sponsors, Harvey's Bristol Cream, circa 1979. David, would you like to come over for a drink tonight? Kate. I can't believe I wrote that. I'm glad you did. Until recently, I'd never have invited a man over for a drink. It wasn't considered respectable. But this is now. And when you're serving Harvey's Bristol Cream, it's more than respectable. It's downright upright. Harvey's Bristol Cream. Say, David, are you free Tuesday? Sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Am I excited? You know, a lot of time, if you're a regular listener to this show, you know that when we start, I'm, I'm alone at the top. We have a guest, but I'm alone, and I, and I talk, and I do things. But you know what? Today, I'm not alone. You're not alone, Dan. I'm so happy about that. In fact, I'm joined by one of the funniest comedians out there. He has appeared on... Dave Attell's comedy Underground, The Tonight Show, Robot Chicken, Jimmy Kimmel Live. He's been in the hit Netflix movies, Little Evil, Christopher Guest's Mascots. His one-hour comedy special, Fun Size, was the highest-rated comedy special on Showtime in 2015. And then a year later, what did he do? A year later, kick some more ass, followed that up with a special called Daddy Issues, about which the New York Times, the august New York Times, opined... No one is doing it more hilariously. His podcast about last night was a mainstay on the iTunes charts. He is a regular on the Adam Carolla podcast, as well as guest appearances on Mark Marin's WTF Joe Rogan Experience, Your Mom's House, and This Past Weekend. And none other than the great Robin Williams once called him Prozac with a head. And the wannabe great Dan Dunn is calling him an extremely talented, funny motherfucker who I can't wait to drink whiskey with. Please welcome to the show, Brad Williams. Brad. Dan Dunn, thank you for the uh, nice in- nice introduction. That was very kind. And uh, yeah, you are certainly a man who I have heard on the Adam Carolla show. And every time you are on that show, I just think, God, I just want to go drinking with that guy. And uh, now, now I get to do that. It, it's so great. I, I think one of the best parts about having any kind of clout, fame, whatever you want to call it in this business is being able to hear someone or see someone you like, just go, I want to talk to that person. Yeah. You hit me up. You hit me up on Twitter. That's right. <laughs> That's the best. Yeah, man. And I'm uh, right back at you. I'm a fan as well, and uh, I want to get into to your career and everything. I also want to let everybody know what Brad and I are going to be drinking on what we're drinking is blackened, and I've I've been an evangelist for blackened since the beginning. It is a, a, a fantastic American whiskey. I got it right here. It is 
uh, owned by the fellas in a, a little band called Metallica. And in just a few minutes, Brad, you and I are going to be joined by Rob Dietrich, who is the master distiller at Blackened. And Rob is a lot of fun. And more importantly, the dude knows how to make whiskey. And so we're going to be geeking out, talking to him in just a couple minutes. But first, man, I want to talk about you. I'm a fan of your comedy. I've watched it for years. I went back and was reviewing some stuff uh, in anticipation of doing this. And I got to tell you, man, one of the, my favorite parts from Fun Size, the special I referenced earlier, was you refer to yourself as you were talking about your, your ability to get laid. And you said, of course I'm getting laid. I'm one of the top five midgets in show business. And so now this was about five years ago. I want to ask you, can you remember who the top five were in order on that list? Oh, I believe number one was Dinklage. Uh, fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, of course I say that in jest just because I'm extremely jealous of the man because he is very popular. He gets all the acting roles. Um, he he's probably doing uh, he he's probably doing some some exclusive sit down with Oprah right now, and I'm with Dan Dunn. That's that's how. That's right. I am the Oprah of the drinking world. I've been called that. I will take that over the actual Oprah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you can't handle her. But yes, I believe Peter Dinklage is number one. I believe Wee Man from Jackass is number two. Number two. Uh, I, I think, did, did, did I say I was number three or was somebody else number you three? You put somebody else in front of you. British chap. Oh, Warwick Davis, Willow. Warwick Davis three? from Willow, you put it number three. Yeah, I'm number four, and then I think, I, and then I think number five I said was uh, Justin Bieber. Uh, <laughs> now, granted, this was like five, six years ago that I made that joke. He grew a little bit since then. I, I, I think he's gone out of the dwarf realm, so uh, he's no, no longer welcome at the Shire. Uh, <laughs> but um, so, but I think I think I may have moved up. I, I would know. put you oh, ahead of Warwick I, Davis, man. Warwick Davis, although I believe they, I saw something recently where they're they're going to remake Willow. So you better get your shit together, man, because Warwick Davis is coming for you. Yes, and you, oh my god, uh, I'm so excited that they're remaking Willow. Basically, the you know the end of uh, Return of the Jedi where it goes through all the different lands and they they shows everybody partying all over the galaxy. That was the dwarf world when they announced that they were going to remake Willow. Just everyone, every dwarf all over the world. We're all getting work. We're all getting work. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's this weird thing where like now I'm watching, I'm watching Christmas commercials that are out right now. And like, there's a, there's a Toyota one that's very specific where they're in, they're in the car dealership and all of a sudden, the uh, customer accidentally opens up a gateway into Santa's workshop, and it's Santa and all the elves working on working on Toyotas. And not one of the elves is a dwarf. I'm happy about that, and yet pissed off about that at the same time. I'm 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 glad that 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 we've moved beyond the world where my people can just be elves and leprechauns. But then I'm sad because I'm like, damn it, man, that would have been a good paycheck <laughs> because that that would have been nice. Well, what I love about your comedy, man, is you obviously, you talk about being, and by the way, I'm, I'm you you use all different terminology. You refer to yourself uh, various, at various times as a midget, as a dwarf, as a little person. What is the proper terminology? Because, you know, people yeah. get freaked out, and that, that's got to probably be funny to you when people get freaked out because they don't, they don't know what to say, and I don't, actually. So if I said my friend Brad is a little person, is that the way to go? Yes. And then when we get drunk, I'm yes, like, that fucking uh, dwarf. Hey, I'm with the fucking dwarf when I get a couple of whiskeys in me. Yeah. The guy over there. That fucking, <laughs> that funny fucking midget. I will that, take another that, round that, and the midget's going to uh, pay for it. Yeah. Yes, you know, that, there we that, go. That, that. <laughs> exactly. One more whiskey in. I'm a, I'm a pygmy. And I don't even know. How, I, don't, I don't even know when that got on the list. <laughs> uh, so yes, um, you, you, you are very, you are very correct. Little person is sort of the uber PC. Like, if you really want to be polite, you go little person or LP if you want to be really in the world. Um, and then dwarf. Uh, dwarf, some people don't like dwarf. I, I don't understand. We have dwarfism. That's the name of, of you were born with dwarfism. I heard you say that in one of your comedy routines. Yes, I have achondroplastic dwarfism. So I, I, I don't know why it's offensive. For it to be called a dwarf, but some people don't like that, but that's kind of number two. Um, 
midget is the word that you're that you're not supposed to use but like i don't mind it i don't it doesn't piss me off because i i've never wanted a word to have power over me uh it's not like if you call me a midget i then immediately have to start doing a midget thing like it's not like oh no i was at a bar you called me a midget now i have to go mine for diamonds or make a cookie or build a chocolate bar or whatever um like i i don't want that to have power over me so i don't mind the word midget but don't use it in front of other little people and for me it's all about context like um i recently told this story uh on wtf but i once got chased in odessa texas by a few guys in a pickup truck yelling kill the dwarf and oh, shit. it wasn't, I didn't stop and go like, oh, thank you for using the proper term. I really appreciate it. No, I fucking ran. Like, because <laughs> I didn't want to take the time. So, uh, yes, uh, that, that, that is, I don't really care so much about terms. It's more so our relationship, how you're using it, and uh, context is important. I thought, and I don't remember which special it was in, but you, one of the great things you said when you were talking about becoming a comedian, you said, and I'm going to fuck it up, but essentially the, the gist of it was, yeah, I'm going to be a comedian. All I have to do is just sit back and let shit happen. Because when you're a little person, funny shit happens all the time. And mostly in regards to the way people relate to you. Yes. To answer your question uh, and, and, to do, and to do the bit, um, I'm kind of destined to be a comedian because uh, here's how I write jokes. Step one, be a dwarf. Step two, wait. And then just funny stuff's going to happen to you. And thankfully it does. And thankfully I'm not usually two or three whiskeys in. So I have a decent enough memory that I can remember what happened and then bring it to the stage or the, uh, or the drive-in performance or the zoom gig. Uh, now, now that we're doing these. Uh, so yeah, uh, that, that, that is kind of how I write jokes. I got pretty lucky that way that I decided to be a comedian and, um, I, you know, I'm a, I'm able to, but every comic looks at their life to see what's going to help them, and that's where they look for material, whether it be they were born, you know, they're Jewish and they or or they were raised in the hood or whatever. My experience was being raised a little person uh, as a dwarf, so that so that's what I talk about. But my entire act isn't like that. It's not like if you come see me, I'm going to be doing like an hour of I can take a bath in a thimble. That's weird. Like it's not that. Uh, I, I talk about other things and, uh, but I have to talk about my size on stage because if I don't, the entire audience just kind of stares at me like, does he know? (laughs) Well, I find, I think that that's the thing that you do so well. You address that part of you. And as you said, you're, you're also doing comedy of a different nature. You know, like you say that if you don't address it, people are going to just look at you the whole time and go, oh, he's, he's, he's little. But I don't even think about it anymore. You know, I watch five minutes of your comedy and then I'm just, you just bring me in with the, with the humor. And that's the thing. And that's about any great comedian that's got, you know, whether it's Stephen Wright, whose shtick is, you know, just that super dry, you know, Jewish yeah. humor, but you, you, it doesn't matter after a couple of minutes, that part of it goes away and it's just, man, this guy's really funny. Well, thank you. And that, and, and, that, and that's kind of the goal. The, 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 the goal is that you're not watching me the whole time just going like, he's a midget, he's a midget, he's a midget, he's a midget. Like, uh, I'm not, I, I don't want that to be your experience watching me. Uh, so, yeah, and, and that happens in life. Like, my friends will forget I'm a little person. They'll ask me to read something that I'm like, dude, no, are you a dick? Like, why are you asking me to get that for you? Uh, or we'll be out and about and someone will be staring at me and they'll be like, why are you, why are they staring at you, Brad? And be like, look at me. I'm a fucking human keychain. Like, that's why they're staring at me. Uh, but then th- they kind of shock back into it. Like, oh, right, right. Forgot. So that's totally natural, totally normal. Um, I will say that going to bars is always, is always interesting because then you, introduce alcohol and alcohol makes people say things and do things they wouldn't normally do. And whether that be stuff that I do or say, or stuff that people around me do or say in the bar, uh, a night out can always be, can always be interesting. (laughs) Well, I, this, and I apologize in advance for anything I ask that's inappropriate, but I got to know when you're drinking, 
is your tolerance slower? <laughs> I'm sorry, to, but is it? You know, I remember uh, Howard Stern talking to Dinklage about that. Like, and Dinklage said, yeah. "No, he goes drink for drink with you, you know with his with his buddies." And uh, is it? Would you say your tolerance is how many how many whiskeys does it take to get you where you're possibly? Well, uh, one usually gets me pretty toasty. Um, if I get to if 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 if, if I get to two, having a damn good time three floor. We better, we better bring Rob in quick then because I, (laughs) I don't want to lose you before the end of the podcast here, bro. Yeah. My nickname in college was two beer, Brad. Uh, Now, now some dwarves like Dinklage can go shot for shot, drink for drink guys and well done. But my relationship with alcohol, I don't really drink a lot of alcohol. And some people say like, Oh, like, Oh, you don't you, you don't like alcohol. Is that why you don't really drink? Uh, b- uh, before shows or whatever. And I say, no, I love alcohol. And that's why I don't drink it that much because I want to keep a very healthy relationship with alcohol. I don't want to have to ever put it down. By the way, that's a motto that we, in, uh, an ethos that we embrace here on the show as well. And I'm sure the guy we're going to talk to in a minute is going to agree with you on that as well. Why don't we do this? Let's run this quick spot here. And then we're going to come back with Brad Williams and Rob Dietrich from Black and Whiskey. So we'll be right back after this break. But listen to the break. Listen to the ad. Keep us in business. Is there something interfering with your happiness, preventing you from achieving your goals? Yeah, it's called a pandemic. I've been struggling with it. And at times I've kind of felt alone. And well, thanks to this sponsor, I know that I'm not. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist. That's right. You need to talk to somebody. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. This is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash drinking. That's Better, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp. And join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. As a special offer for my listeners, you're going to get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash drinking. If you need help, it's there for you. Hi, this is Will Forte, and you're, for some reason, listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. You made your choice. Go. And we're back. I'm with Brad Williams, the great Brad Williams, funny man. And I, thank you, sir. I do encourage everybody to hop on the YouTube and watch Brad do comedy. It's going to make you feel good. And also uh, joining us right now, somebody who makes us feel good with every bottle of whiskey he makes. He is a uh, he's he's a stud in this industry, and there's an industry full of studs, but few hold a candle to this man. He is the master distiller. For blackened American whiskey, coming to us, I believe, from the great state of Colorado. Right now, is, is that where he's coming Indeed, from? Yes, yeah. Rob well, Dietrich. First, thanks, thanks for the uh, the kind words. Um, yeah, I'm in uh, I'm in my greenhouse, which is uh, um, where I can also smoke cigars uh, safely in the house. So, well, thanks for joining us, man. And y- y- this is Brad, Brad, Rob. Brad, it's a huge pleasure. Oh, when Brad reached out to me, he said, "I want to I want to do your show, and I want to drink whiskey." And I and and I thought I know exactly the whiskey we should be drinking and exactly the whiskey expert we should be talking to, and that's you, Robin. So tell us a little bit about your uh, your story at Blackened. First of all, it's uh, it's a pleasure to meet you, Brad. I'm a I'm a big fan of yours. So I love your I love your work as well. Uh, and besides, man, you got you got great taste in quarterbacks back there. I am a huge Elway fan. So uh, you got I see a couple of Denver Broncos oh. things back there. Brad's got an Elway jersey hanging up in the background there. Are you are you a Denver guy? Yeah. Uh, so, Rob, uh, we'll get back to you in a second. Trust me, because I want to know your story. But just to answer your question, um, I'm a massive Denver Broncos fan. Uh, not from Colorado, but my dad went to Stanford, wanted me to support a Stanford-led football team. And at the time, uh, that was Elway with the Broncos or Plunkett with the Raiders. And I don't have any face tattoos or priors. So um, we had to go with Elway and the Broncos. I've been a I've been a Bronco fan my my entire life. Uh, I got to meet John almost a year ago today. In fact, as we're as we're recording this, 
he had me come out and perform for uh, his auto dealership Christmas party. He has a bunch of auto dealerships out there yep. in out there in Colorado, and I performed. And I got to meet John. I got to go to. Uh, I was supposed to fly home the very the very next day, and I told him that, and he goes, "Oh man, you should you you should stay till Sunday because I got uh, you know I would have invited you to the game. The Broncos are playing the Lions." And I'm like, <laughs> so I called my nine and a, I I called my eight and a half month pregnant wife and was like, "Hey, I'm staying in Colorado for another couple of days," and uh, she. God bless her. Uh, let me stay. And I got to watch a game in John's box and hang out with him. And that was the the dream of all dreams. It was great. That's, that's huge, man. That's a huge, that's a huge treat. I, um, uh, kind of, this actually is kind of full circle with, uh, with the whiskey that I started in was, um, Stranahan's Colorado whiskey in Colorado. Um, that's where I learned how to make whiskey and Elway is a huge fan of that whiskey. Uh, so I got to meet him the first time, uh, and my, my boss at the time who taught me how to, how to uh, distill, um, he always said, Hey, can you sign a poster for me? So my, my boss literally signed a, a whiskey poster for Elway. He's like, this is going on in my man cave. So we were, we were oh. like high five and like super stoked about that. That's so cool. Uh, that that's, isn't it weird how like, whether it be an athlete or a musician or whatever you're into there, there, there's always like that person in your life that, 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 that's just like, holy crap, that's the dude or, or you, you know what I mean? And, uh, when you get to do, uh, certain things very, very well, I be it comedy or make whiskey. Sometimes you get to meet those people and, uh, they say never meet your heroes, but if your hero is John Elway, you can meet that one. He's, yeah. he's a good dude. I would, I would, I would totally agree, man. That's, um, and, and, and the whiskey business does seem to do that. I get to meet, um, you know, some folks that I have, I have, um, have always just kind of been in awe of um, throughout my life as well. Are you are you talking about me, Rob? No, I'm assuming. Yeah, Dan, you were the you were the first one. I met you on stage. Uh, well, and, and by the way, dream fulfillment. Rob plays a role in that. This wasn't about meeting somebody, but when Rob was at Stranahan's, they they had me come in and they they did a, a dinner on stage at Red Rocks, one of the most iconic venues in the world, Red Rocks. And and we, it was me and a small group of people. Rob was the ringleader of this whole thing. We had dinner on stage. They took us down beneath into the bowels of Red Rocks where all the walls are signed by every band that's ever played there. And it, it was the most amazing thing. And, and I, I'm getting chills just talking about it right now. So a great perk of being in this business is getting to meet someone like Rob who graciously brings you in and lets you see something that I don't know if I ever would have uh, had a chance to do that. That was, that was an epic, uh, epic event because it was kind of another full circle experience. Um, you know, I spent 10 years in the music industry doing music production and, uh, you know, tour management and stage management. So I'd worked at Red Rocks, you know, with like anybody from the Alma brothers to, you know, I'd seen nine inch nails there and, and, uh, Chris Cornell. And I mean, I was like, so for me, it was like this full circle experience where I kind of got to, to headline Red Rocks in my own weird way, even though I'm you know, <laughs> not a musician by any, any stretch of the imagination. Um, so it is, it is pretty cool just to kind of see where everything ends up. Well, and, and I mean, let's talk about music where it ends up is it even gets crazier is now you make whiskey for Metallica. The guy who originally created Black and was a, a gentleman by the name of Dave Pickroll. Anybody that listens to this show knows I've talked about Dave. Dave was a legendary whiskey maker, maker's mark, whistle pig, on and on. More, I think he was Garrison Brothers. He was involved with them and, and on and on. And Dave sadly passed away about two years ago, very suddenly, uh, and... The blackened had just happened, and there was, you know, there was so much fanfare for this whiskey. And I got to figure in, you know, when you're talking about James and the band and 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 the, the crew that was putting, how the hell are we going to replace <laughs> this guy? How are we going to replace? Who's the guy to replace this guy? And I got to tell you, when I heard it was Rob, it just made absolute. Having met Rob prior, to, it made absolute sense to me. And I know Rob's going to be the first one to say that he's never going to replace Dave Pickerel. But if the man for the job, once I didn't, couldn't think who it was going to be, but once they picked you, Rob, I thought, well, that's Jesus, that's a no brainer. So tell us how you, how, how they come to you for this. No, that's, that's, that's very kind, man. I really appreciate it. And you know, I got to tell you, um, it, it's true. I, you know, 
No, I'm not. I'm not replacing Dave uh, in any way, shape, or form. Dave had such an amazing legacy. Um, uh, sorry about the dog next door. He's uh, it's the neighbor's dog. That's okay. Uh, Don't worry about uh, it. His name's Kilo. <laughs> Wow! So another, you got another, another so you guest. got booze in one building and cocaine. <laughs> the right, yeah, and just next door, you know, you got the little gate and fence, and it just, um, but uh, you know, it's and it's true. I mean, Dave had uh, left such a legacy, and really, this was his his legacy whiskey. This is exactly what he was uh, wanting to wanting to to really kind of be his um, his his uh, Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy. You know, it really was just going to knock it out of the park with it. And I, um, and I, it was really kind of humbling just to kind of walk into it. And, you know, and a lot of people have said, well, you know, there's some big shoes to fill. And I, and I said, well, I'm, there's no way I'm going to fill those shoes. I'm bringing my own shoes. You know, I'm going to do things uh, my way and, and, and continue to be committed to, you know, the legacy that he left behind and, and, um, and, and explore my own, uh, my own kind of schemes and, and, and dreams of making uh usual unusual expressions of whiskeys so i'm 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 ecstatic and the, the cool thing about it is you know it's i'm working with artists and these are these are guys that pr- approach life and living through art you know their music is their art and they, and they take it very seriously and at the same time they obviously have a lot of fun doing it and uh, for me i'm, I'm really um, i'm really on- honored to be able to work with these guys and kind of have a free run at, at whatever whiskeys i want to kind of create and maneuver through and uh and and these expressions that have been bubbling around in, in the in the brain matter for for years and uh and now get to uh, kind of make their way to the surface so it's pretty it's pretty uh, pretty humbling and pretty exciting well how how hands-on are they rob how much input do you get from from the band well i think you know they've always had their fingers on this process they were really they were really adamant that this whiskey stood on its own. You know, they didn't want to go to a, a large distillery and say, hey, make a Metallica line. We're going to slap Metallica all over it. We're going to metallicize everything. We They, they went to Dave Pickerel. I mean, the guy is the uh, craft distiller. He's, he's a legend. And so they, they really chose wisely in the sense that um, they wanted to pick someone who was just as much of a, a kind of a rock star in, in his vocation and and create something that that spectacular can stand on its own and that's um you know and that it's it's really when you start tearing apart all the 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 nuances of this whiskey it's um he really did throw everything at it it's pretty um pretty phenomenal brad i'm curious when you you, have you ever had blackened before today uh i have not um i'm really excited because of i i read the bottle and it started talking about the uh, the it's it sound waves. It's like sound waves is put is put into it, and that's how it's put more into the barrel or something. I'm sure I'm sure Rob can explain this way better than I am. But uh, yeah, and I get excited because I get excited for different techniques like that. Like um, I know that one one of my other favorites is Jefferson's Ocean, which is aged at sea, where the where the barrels are put on a boat or something and they say like it, it rocking back and forth subtly helps the flavor of the whiskey. So like, and I love that whiskey. So I'm really, I'm really excited to try this because I, I like it when people look at something, I mean, whiskey, how long has it been around for? And yet we're still finding new and interesting ways of making it better. So the fact that it's like sound infusion, I'm excited as hell. Yeah, so basically what we do is we just take sound and we put it in a blender and just, you know, blend it up uh, really good. And then we just pour it right into the barrel, you know, and then it's it's a, it's it's an unusual method. But uh, James James holds the barrels and he, he rocks them back and forth and sings to them, yeah. right? Little lullabies. Isn't that how it works? But what it, what it is actually called, the process, Rob, is sonic enhancement. Is that what you're calling it still? Yes, yeah, so we, uh, we trademarked the process. Uh, it's called Black Noise. Um, and it is pretty, pretty extraordinary. So what we're, you know, our, our base whiskey is a blend of, of bourbon and rye, excuse me, bourbon and rye, um, average age of um, eight years in white American oak. Uh, so we're taking, you know, Tennessee bourbon, Kentucky bourbon, Indiana rye, uh, Canadian rye, and we're, we're blending them together to create, you know, all these whiskeys can, can really stand on their own, but they, they create a phenomenal whiskey. We could have honestly stopped right there and like, okay, we got an awesome whiskey. Uh, then we went for the cask finish, which, um, as you know, that's one of my favorite, uh, um, tricks of my sleeve is, is cask finishing a whiskey. So we, um, uh, Dave went with uh, black brandy barrels, which is a, a Spanish brandy. 
And we could have stopped there. That would have been uh, another another way to another place to stop. But the cool thing is, is this is this is where it's fun. Where we're taking these traditional methods of making whiskey and uh, um, and blending and cask finishing, and and going this next level of using technology and innovation uh, that is at our fingertips. I mean, you got the wall of sound of Metallica at your fingertips. Why not find a way to use that in the process and I, I, you know, I'm a whiskey nerd first and foremost. I like, I like just knowing everything is how to pick it apart, how to, how it was created. And my first question about this whole thing was, um, how does it work? How does the sonic enhancement work? And what was really cool, the science behind it, you know, we had, uh, we had uh, in the early days, we had a, a control barrel, which is the the barrel that we were cast finishing, but did not apply black noise to, and then. We, uh, we had a barrel that we did apply the black noise process to. And I'll get into what we do with that here in a second. But we sent both of those samples off to the lab, and it was extraordinary. You know, we're looking for nine different flavor profile markers that come out of the wood, out of the barrel. And um, every single one of those profile markers were elevated. They had all been elevated through this, this the black noise process. Um, and how we did that was we worked with um, masters of their own craft, uh, Meyer Sound, to create a proprietary device that plays Metallica music at a very low frequency, um, you know, basically so low that you're just hearing this muffled, this muffled hum. If you've ever been at a concert and you're hearing them kind of fiddle with the with the sound and, and you're hearing that or the the high notes, um, it is that low frequency that creates a, a vigorous vibration and uh, rapidly moves the whiskey in and out of the barrel. Um, at, a, at a very, very fast pace. Um, it's, it's a process that's called acoustic cavitation. So it's creating on a molecular level, uh, little needle points of the whiskey. So it's just going in and out of the wood, just, just at such a fast pace, it's going past the, the red line where the whiskey normally would, would interact with the wood in the barrel. So it's, a, um, it's pretty mind-blowing that we actually can use sound to enhance the whiskey. And Brad, just so you know, I not Rob's explaining in a very scientific way. When Dave first made the whiskey before Blackened even came out, I was with him in New Orleans at a big thing called Tales of the Cocktail. And I was very fortunate to be one of the first people to ever try this. He had them in mason jars and he explained in so many words what, what Rob just said. And of course I've been, you know, we're in New Orleans, been drinking for 10 hours and I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, what, like get out of here. You know, you know, and he says, no, no, Dan, I, I, I promise you. And he had three jars and he said, you know, one had no undergone, no black noise. And then this one had undergone black noise with a, this playlist. And then this one had undergone black noise with an entirely different playlist. Okay. And we try all three of them. And I, a, a palpable difference between each one of those whiskeys. And I just was looking at Dave going, okay, what, what, what is a magic trick here? What are you doing? And he says, I promise you, that's the only difference. It's the same liquid. One didn't do it. One underwent it with this playlist and one, and they were three different whiskeys. And it's, it's really incredible. And you've got three behind you, Brad. And I bet yeah. you they, they're going to, they're going to taste different, right, Rob? Yeah, absolutely. Brad can't you know, taste them all uh, now, though. He's already told he can't taste <laughs> them all now. We'll lose them before the end of the show. But yeah, I got three glasses. <laughs> I prepared. You man, you prepared. So then, Rob, my question is: is if you played like because you played Metallica to flavor whiskey, which is fucking cool. Let's just say it. Uh, would the whiskey taste different if you played like Taylor Swift? <laughs> um, you know. I, I I think um I think I'd be I think I'd be a little depressed maybe you know, like, I don't know like, this, would, this whiskey's a little other, flimsy yeah would your significant other leave you and then you have to like write a song about it like does that does that inspire you what, I think I, I think the whiskey would leave me at that point uh, <laughs> I just love that you did it like the the, the the fact that this guy um did it with did it with Metallica that's just perfect like there's only like there's only a couple bands where if they said like we're making a whiskey that I would try it and Metallica is one of them and like you said um, Metallica thankfully didn't want to just slap a label and say like hey this is Metallica brand Jack Daniels like they they right. didn't want to do that they said no we want our own thing and uh, it, it, it's great like I would do an ACDC whiskey I would do a Metallica whiskey I would do a Motorhead whiskey. 
It's got to be. Don't the uh, Pogues have a whiskey? Yeah, uh, po- the Pogues have a whiskey, which I'm surprised because. Uh, but I heard it's got no teeth to it. That's a Shane McGowan joke there. Brad, can I go on tour with you? You need an opener? Oh, I lost the room. Uh, so <laughs> what is that like when you lose? When was the last time you've lost the room, Brad? Do you just know that moment? And you go, ah, fuck, I'm done. Oh, God. Uh, when's the last time you lost the room? For, for a comic, a, a, a good comic, surprisingly, is losing the room more often because we're trying things. We're, we're, we're trying stuff. And, man, uh, I did a Zoom show. I did a corporate Zoom gig where the corporation hired me to do stand-up for a bunch of their employees all over Zoom. And uh, so here's the thing about Zoom. We all know that everyone forgets to turn on the microphone, mute the microphone, whatever. So this, uh, this CEO has told her clients, hey, laugh, but don't like go nuts because remember, your microphone's on and so it's it Zoom. So if you laugh and talk, it comes in just as clear as when Brad laughs and he talks. So we want to hear Brad. So just be careful. Laugh, but, you know, don't go nuts. The, the CEO gave a speech like that, sent out an email right before the show. Don't laugh. <laughs> like, to laugh, but not. So, so then the CEO has a party that in her own house. There's 10 people watching me. And they're laughing and talking and doing all this stuff. And now I can't even, I, I can't even get a word in because their words are going over, out, over, like, so no one can hear me. Finally, I kind of get it to where it's a good balance. And I've told, and I've told them, Hey guys, shut the fuck up and let me do my thing. Um, and then there's a, there's a low after I tell a punchline and apparently their zoom camera went out because you heard someone clear as day just say, ah, oh, well, now we can't see him. And if you can't see him, he's not funny. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that happens, and it's clear as a bell over the entire Zoom call. And I'm just like, all right. Ah, ah. <laughs> I just keep staring at the check like, okay, how much is it? How much is it me? Well, Rob, right. you got to be doing those too, right, Rob? I mean, this is in our uh, the brave new world we're living in. Are you? Uh, how are you finding that doing these sort of remote tastings? Yeah, I, I mean, it's the same thing. We're 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 doing uh, whiskey tastings. It's always a little weird. I mean, sometimes we have it set up where we send out samples ahead of time, and and people actually have the whiskey there. Other times they don't have your whiskey, so they they've got a bottle of you know whatever sitting in front of them. Um, but it, it is kind of a similar thing because there's always that background noise aspect or someone's kid, uh, you know, kind of running in and, and, and talking into the microphone. Kilo the dog yeah. barking Kilo away. Kilo the yeah. dog, exactly. Uh, so it, it is, uh, obviously it's a brave new world when it comes to uh, to, to tasting and, and interacting with people. And it's always interesting. Uh, the other part of it, I think, is uh, you're, you're seeing people's houses. You're seeing, you know, you're seeing, you know, their people are literally sitting there probably in their, in their underwear, you know, they got the shirt on the top, but you know, they're in their underwear probably. And, uh, um, it's, a uh, it's people act differently when they're comfortable in their house as, as opposed to if you're at a, like a whiskey event or something, um, yes. because they're, they're, they're sitting at their normal desk that they normally sit at. And it's another type of TV, interactive TV, so to speak. So it's, um, it's got its own weird challenges for sure. You know, the brand hasn't been around that long. I mean, you would about a year, year and a half before this all hit, right? Yeah, it was a year and a half, I think. How is it impacting obviously on premise? taking a hit, but, uh, do you just focus your attention more on the retail side of things or? Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's impacting on a couple of levels. One, I was really, really excited for 2020 because, um, we were going to basically tour with Metallica and do all these great activations. We we're going to be the official whiskey. And I was like, no, oh. I mean, like my, you want to talk about like, just, bummed out on so many levels, you know, like I was, I was going to go on tour with Metallica. It was, you know, in my own way, you know, my, my little whiskey tour. So that, that you know, the, the, the shift from that, the, you know, having to get over the disappointment, you know, I just, I, I just laid curled up in bed for, you know, months and, uh, you know, lamenting, but, um, you know, just nipping on the bottle, but it, uh, honestly, it was, it, we, uh, we shifted gears really quickly. We've, we've had great success, um, this year, despite COVID, uh, because people, 
they're, they haven't stopped drinking. They're just drinking in different places. They're drinking at home. They're drinking with their, their buddies, you know? And so, um, you know, the, the, our, we've actually had growth this year, which has really been pretty phenomenal in a, in a really just strange, bizarre time. Uh, you know what I can't wait for? Maybe someday in the not too distant future, Brad's playing a show in Denver and Rob, you and I, you and I go to the show we we watch a show and then we all go out and have some uh, have some whiskey in a in a good bar like that one by your place, Rob. That we went to that one day, that old dive bar. What's it called? Fort Green. Fort Green. Yeah, Rob. Rob's got a great bar around the corner from his house. You touched on it, Rob. You know, having these opportunities that you always think are going to be there. And I think if there's any good thing that's going to come out of this fucking shit show we're in right now, is that I will never again let I've I've let so many opportunities go by where I go, oh, I'm not gonna go, including going to see Metallica when they when they the very first night, Dave was still alive, uh, uh our buddy Jimmy invited me, and I didn't feel like it. I didn't feel like going to Wisconsin. It was gonna be pain to go hang out with Metallica, right? I said, I'll just do it uh-huh. another time and and I'll see Dave another time. And Dave died a month later, so I never saw him again, and I didn't get to see Metallica and all and if anything COVID has taught me is when we get out of this, I'm doing everything I fucking can, man. It's going to, I think, teach us all a really great appreciation for being able to be together and do things and, and to never let those opportunities pass by. Absolutely. I, I would agree, man. We, uh, I skipped the, um, uh, the Slane's Castle, uh, the, the, the Metallica show in Ireland. I had a good reason. Uh, but that was the first show that they said, hey, you want to come see, you know, uh, Metallica show the first. This will be the first one working for Blackened. And, uh, and I was like, hells, yes, I want to see him, especially in Ireland. You know, I, I love Ireland. And um, and my niece uh, was she was nine years old and she had made it to state gymnastics. And I had promised her if she made it to state that Uncle Robbie was going to be there. And it was on the exact same day that that concert was there. And uh-huh. when uh, when our CEO said, uh right. Yeah. You're going to go. I said, yes, absolutely. He goes, what date? And he said, this date. And I was like, nope, can't do it. And I I was like, you know, I'll I'll give her a hard time when she's old enough to, to, you know, take, I hope she won when you, (laughs) uh, she had a good time, but you know, it was, uh, the thing is family comes first, you know, and that was, uh, it's funny you bring up Slane. That was the last place I went before this all shut down. I was in Ireland. I flew back here four days before Los Angeles shut down and I went to Slane Castle. Alex Cunningham's a friend of mine that owns the castle and I'd never been. And you two's, you and I've talked about this, Rob, big band in my life. And that's where they recorded the unforgettable fire. And I got to right. go and sit in the room where they did it. And in the exact spot, the woman said, this is where the microphone was. And I just sat there, got some great pictures. And again, I think back to that time and it's like, there's, uh, there's, you know, BC and AC. And that was before COVID. You could go to Ireland and I was in pubs in Ireland having it. And I can't wait to do that again, man. I will never turn down a fun trip like that again. And, uh, you know, yeah, you, you talk about how we're all going to meet up in Colorado and go and go to this bar. Thankfully, uh, Colorado has many comedians would say it's the best comedy club in the world. The comedy works in Denver is the best club in the world. It, it, it just is. It's run by a wonderful woman uh, named Wendy Curtis, you know, a woman in a, ma- in a man's world who's just the most badass club owner ever. And uh, yeah, like uh, that's one of the only clubs that sh- that Dave Chappelle still does. He still does that club because of how good it is. What makes a good, what makes a good comedy club and, and a bad one? Is it the way, you know? Yeah. Um, good. Co- like the downtown club is not open right now. That's, for me, that's the perfect comedy club. It's low ceilings. Everyone is tight together, really tight together. Everyone's facing the stage. It's something you don't really think about, but a lot of comedy clubs have tables where people are like at dinner and then they turn to watch the comedian. When you turn to watch the comedian, that's not a natural, comfortable position. So you're more likely to turn back and then start talking to your table. Oh my God, that's so true. Sarah, that's you. You're a bitch. What? And, (laughs) you know, and, uh, but the, and and then the staff is great. And it's weird how you can go to a comedy club and know that the owner of this club actually cares about comedy and not necessarily just making a buck or selling mozzarella sticks. Like, and Wendy Curtis owner of the comedy works loves 
comedy. So she wants to make the perfect comedian in uh, the perfect environment for comedy to take, to take place. So yeah, she does. And uh, so to watch the show at the comedy works, the next time I'm there, which I go there every, I, I go there every year. Uh, I even went, I even went this year, even, (laughs) even during the pandemic, I went and did a show and it was like, it was like a fourth capacity. The tables were spread apart and uh, I still went and uh, our buddy John Elway actually came to that show. Uh, so he was in the audience. So to have to have my hero um, come to see me do my thing, that was a mind fuck in itself. So when all this is over, Dan, you, me, Elway, we're all, we're all, we're all going. <laughs> Hopefully they carry blackened. Do they carry blackened at that club, Rob? Do you know? I'm, I'm going to work on it for sure. Now I, I love that place. I love that club. I literally live 10 minutes away. It's epic. So I'm, I'm in man. Rob, we're, do, we're doing it. They'll carry blackened. We'll come up. We'll, and much like we did at Red Rocks, we'll have a table on the stage. Once the show is done. <laughs> Perfect. No, me, Rob and Elway. No, no, me, Rob and Elway are going to sit on stage while you do the comedy. And uh, yes. yeah, there we go. Right. Be like, we don't mind us. That's just- that does sound like the beginning of a joke, though. You know, like uh, a guy with an eye patch, John Elway, and Dan Dunn walk into a bar. Yeah, what's what's going? Can I ask? What's going on with the eye patch? That that's a new accoutrement. I don't well, remember you having so this before. I'm, I'm very serious about whiskey, so I had a, a, a biometric spectrophotometer in, uh, installed into my eye, <laughs> so I can actually see whiskey on the molecular level. Um, so it's it's still healing up, but I mean. You guys, I mean, you guys would know this. A lot of a lot of other people uh, get this like weird question mark in their eyes. But I, uh, my my friends have been joking that I'm I'm the uh, the six million dollar man. Um, <laughs> you know, Steve Austin. We can rebuild him. Um, yeah, I had an accident. Uh, had an accident in September. Uh, pretty gnarly one. Had seventy seven stitches here. They had to rebuild oh. my my eye socket and uh, holy shit, had a fractured back. Was this a motorcycle so, thing? I know you ride the bike. Uh, no, it wasn't motorcycle, um, but it was uh, it was ten feet into concrete. Uh, but I, I was very quick thinking. I stopped uh, I stopped the fall with my face, so uh, <laughs> that saved everything else. Are you okay? You're going to be all right. Yeah, I'm good, man. I just repeat myself sometimes. Just repeat myself sometimes. <laughs> Me and Brad are going to be tasting black in like a year and be like, "What's wrong with this shit?" Well, Rob had a, yeah. <laughs> Rob had a yeah, head injury, and and Rob. Uh, I said this before we started talking, but I think the eye patch really helps you as a whiskey guy because, like, now you got an eye patch, you got mutton chops, you're smoking a cigar. Like, if if that guy comes up to me and says, "Try this whiskey, I made it," I'm, I'm like, "Fuck yes, this is gonna be this is gonna be good whiskey." You know what I mean? Like, it, there there's just certain people that when they look apart. It, it, it just kind of helps. Like the aforementioned Taylor Swift looks like a pop star. I'm not going to take a whiskey from Taylor Swift and say like, oh, this is probably great whiskey. The same way I'm not going to look at you and be like, I bet you he sings about teenage angst really well. <laughs> you know, like all of his oh, exes. That guy makes a good tiki drink. The only thing missing is the boat. You need like a trawler. So you, Rob needs to be on it. Hey, get on the boat. You know, and he, he's like got the quit. You got a Captain Quint uh, thing going on right now, man. And by the way, that thing in the background, what is that? A, a blackened neon sign? No, it's actually um, a buddy of mine gave it to me. It's made out of uh, soldered copper pipe and guitar strings. So that the letters are actually held on with uh, with guitar strings. Oh, oh shit! I want one of those. The guy make them. Uh, can I buy one of those? They make them. Yeah, we can find them for sure. Jesus, um, that's cool. Buddy of mine gave it to me uh, as a uh, "glad you're still alive" gift. <laughs> so I mean, it was that. It was that bad. I mean, it was it was you could have gone worse. I could have been interviewing Taylor Swift right now about her whiskey. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. And you would have been drinking strawberry infused vodka or whiskey or something. You know, <laughs> the thing about Taylor, I've had Taylor Swift's whiskey, and it's not bad, but. It, don't drink it if you're one of her ex-boyfriends because it'll kill you. They poison it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, and, she writes uh, angry songs about her exes, right? Isn't that kind of her thing? Yeah, and and T- Taylor Swift's whiskey it will get you drunk initially, but you just shake it off. It's fine. Oh <laughs> no, no. Rob doesn't know that that's a Taylor Swift song, do you? I, I'm, I'm, shake it off. I can, I can figure it. 
Oh, oh no. He knew. He just didn't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> He's got her on vinyl. Rob's got a world-class vinyl collection as well. And uh, Oh, can we talk about the... I mean, I don't know if this is available to everybody, but you guys sent me a fucking gift box that yeah. has... Yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah, talk oh, about it. Oh, my God. Here. I, I have it right here. I can't yeah, prepare. Man. So... The when you you can get can anyone get this or is this just for like midgets who do comedy? <laughs> yeah, we only we only made one. Oh, great! It's <laughs> for you. <laughs> it's a collector's item. Um, no, you actually can still get it. You can get it online. Um, there's a, a cast cartel or spirited gifts. Uh, still have a, a few left. Um, but I got to tell you, man, that was one of like one of those pinnacle moments of like you know I've arrived. Um, the uh, you know the band is take they take turns picking the, the playlist for every batch so you can always pick out which uh, you know which band member you know per batch you can go on blackandwhiskey.com and look up uh, you know batch ninety six is Kirk Hammett and um, and you can see all the songs and then right next to it is a Spotify icon and then you can click on that and it will actually populate that playlist so you can listen to that Metallica playlist that was played to that whiskey wow. And it's, I mean, for me, that's such a cool concept already. Um, and then the, uh, the guys were really cool enough to ask me to pick uh, 12 songs for the Batch 100 playlist to make it into a vinyl, vinyl record. Um, and they were originally going to just release one, one record. Uh, Lars was going to curate it down to six songs. Uh, sticks? But after he sticks? Looked, sticks covers? Sticks, yeah, like three, three per Come side. sail away? Uh, you know, but they... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I'll edit that out. Then, uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to be funny because I really do want to open for Brad someday. I'm trying to get some jokes in there. See if I find the rhythm for my it. Chops. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, Forget my sticks joke. It is a, it is a, um, it is a, it was pretty fun. And, and Lars decided, he's like, I love all 12 songs. We're making a two record release. And uh, so we got a two, uh, two picture disc vinyl uh, with the, with the batch 100 box set. So it was, um, it was, it was epic for me. I mean, and I got to go through and dedicate songs to, you know, buddies from the army. Yeah. There's Dave, um, dedicate them to, you know, metalhead friends from school and, you know, from high school, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty fun. What an amazing ride, man, for you to, to, to it, go from is, on the vinyl. Is this Dave? That's Dave. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Dave, man. That's yeah. I'm so excited. Like I literally, I don't have a record player, but now that I have this vinyl, I'm going to buy a record player. Just nice, so I can... man. I've got the audio technique of it. Rob's a uh, Rob's a true vinyl file. He can probably steer you in the right direction in terms of a system. I'm, I'm definitely an analog guy for sure. That's uh, some of those records I grew up with. Um, that were my my folks, and then I've had my collection for years. And then we just kind of combined them. My parents decided to downsize, so I inherited all their crazy stuff. And uh, I got a, a wall of uh, wall of vinyl in there. It's it's fun for me. It's like a it's a library. Love it. Guys, I love talking to you, but I'm just staring at whiskey. When do I get yeah, to drink let's, this let's stuff? Let's have some oh, whiskey yeah, let's right now. Let's, 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 let's cheers. Let's cheers to this. And and I've got the, uh, I've got batch 103. Yeah. Brad, uh, you're drinking I, the 100. I've got batch 100. So, so this is uh, 105. So we've got all, the, we've got a lot of that hundred early hundreds covered here. Cheers guys. Yeah. Here we go. Cheers. Mm. And it is a great whiskey, everybody out there. And black and I mean it's in and price range is amazing, right? You guys are what in forty some dollar range, right? Yeah, we're at uh, like forty seven ninety nine. You can't beat it. Good. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's that's fucking glad you enjoy it, man. I I mean, when you said uh when you said you have some like you have the rye in there as well. I was like, oh man, I don't really like rye too much. But man, that is a smooth beginning. The bite comes kind of at the end, but it's not overwhelming. That 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 is woof, that is good. Yeah, when that's I think that's the beauty about it is just like a you know designing a song or designing whiskey, you're you're looking for a balance. And I always feel like a like a good whiskey has to have a it's like a story, like a three act play. It's got to have a beginning and a middle and an end. And, uh, and you got to taste it every step of the way, all the way through. And I like the, the balance of, uh, you know, the bourbon, um, it sounds like you kind of lean more towards bourbon, less rye. Uh, yeah. we, we kind of find a good balance between the, the two of them, you know, between 
bourbon, right? And then uh, the black brandy is just really kind of what ties it all together as a uh, oh. uh, kind of just that, another, that, that kind of underlying sweet note you're going to get from the, the brandy. That is good. <laughs> like, yeah, man, I'm glad you enjoy it. I think Brad's got a new favorite whiskey back there now. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, the aforementioned um, Jefferson's Ocean was my favorite. This this might, this might, this might be good. This, this might be awesome, better. Man. People ask me all the time about it because I've, I've, I've talked about it. I've had Rob on the show before. And then, you know, they'll pull me aside to say, no, seriously, though, is it, is it any good? Or is it just because it's Metallica? But no, we've gone over this. Dave Pickerel created it. Rob, who put Stranahan's on the map, which everybody loves Stranahan. So I go, these are two guys that have, have forgotten more about whiskey than most people know. It's not a gimmick, right? The band is <clears throat> invested in it. They have given you the tools you need to make great whiskey and you're nailing it man you really are and and i i couldn't recommend this one uh, more highly i have my very very small pod of friends that come over and we just play darts and we knocked off a bottle of, of blackened last week just playing darts it was great and by the way my, uh, my game gets better do. you get down to about a quarter bottle left you don't want to fuck with me in darts man that's all i'm saying i feel like it's uh, i feel like it's like playing pool like if you're you're, you're sipping whiskey and you're just killing you're running the board you're running the table, and then that that one that one sip over, and it's all of a sudden the balls are flying everywhere. Um, <laughs> you know, for me, that's it's just I'm a, I'm a pool shark until that next yeah. sip, uh, you know, too far. Well, guys, yeah, I this has been definitely. A, uh, oh, good. I was gonna say I'm the same way with comedy, where uh, there's a there there's a sweet spot where if I'm a little bit in, it's great, and then if I have one more, sometimes one more sip. Then I start fucking like this and be like, what are you talking about? I'm funny. Fuck you. <laughs> and Rob, I will also say, um, I'm usually the guy that likes my whiskeys with uh, one rock splash of water. That's kind of usually how I take it. Um, blackened. This is, this is good meat. I'm having it neat right now and it's delightful. It's easy. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of the same way if I'm doing a little bit of uh, drinking with friends or whatever, I'll throw some cubes in there. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, I joke that my favorite cocktail is, uh, is, is whiskey and ice. Um, <laughs> you know, let's keep it simple, you know, don't forget the ingredients. <laughs> it's not far off. I mean, I'm kind of right there with you. I, I like to do it really simple as well. I mean, there's something to be said for elaborate cocktails, but at the end of the day, it's for me, what usually does it is, is something like that. I mean, that's, I'm drinking it with, with a couple of cubes right now and, it's doing me good. I just wish I didn't have to do a live stream right after this, uh, <laughs> which I do. <laughs> I have to be well, on. I, I have to do an hour-long live stream with Glenn Big Baby Davis. You know the basketball player. Uh, we're yeah. Gonna be, I'll be switching over to rum from here, and uh, <laughs> it's going to be a disaster. I can tell. No. Do you, Dan, do you keep a liver in the fridge? <laughs> <laughs> I. You know what? Here's the key to this in this job. And, and it's the same. You talked about it, Brad, about, you know, and Rob, I'm sure will agree. You can't do a job in the adult beverage uh, business. If you don't know how to moderate, there are times. And I think there's sure. been times with me and you, Rob, where we've, we've had a couple many, yeah. but not when sure. you're doing your shit, man. Like people go, man, they read my books. Like, Oh, when you're, when you're writing, man, are you fucked up? No, I'm not fucked up. Like the word, the, try going out. To, I'm sure we've all done this. You go out sober and you're around a bunch of drunk people. It's the least entertaining thing in the world, right? You know, like, yeah. oh my God. So it's a matter of, you know, you got to pick your spots. And, uh, uh, and my spot now is I got to go do a live stream. But I want to thank both of you for coming on. Brad Williams, where do people find you on the social medias? Yeah, uh, go to Twitter at Funny Brad. Go to uh, Instagram at Brad Williams Comic. Uh, if, if you want to see photos of me and that I am a real life dwarf, it's not just a it's not just a hook. Um, and yeah, for tour dates, go to bradwilliamscomedy.com. dot com. In in twenty twenty one, right now, I'm scheduled pretty much to do a full batch. Uh, but just know that gigs change. This is a th this is a new world. If gigs have to get delayed, just know that I will be back to those cities. But just be aware. Buy your tickets. I'm coming out. Uh, I've read some stats. My daughter's going to be over uh, one years old. So the stats kind of right. go more in favor once she gets past there. 
Um, and I'm not a doctor, so don't quote me on that to your friends. But yes, yeah, so I'm I'm gonna go back on the road. Hope to see some of you guys out there. And uh, but no matter what, just continue to be safe, so we can all get through this. And Rob, what about you, man? Agreed. Um, well, for one, I'm I'm coming to see you next time you're in uh, you're in Denver, so we can uh, sit there and drink with uh, Elway and and laugh our asses off because, dude, you are a a funny funny mofo. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank yeah. you. Uh, appreciate it. Um, and, you know, I'm excited. To, um, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the time when we can all uh, drink together in person. That's uh, I, I miss those days. I miss the interaction. So I, I'm, it's always a pleasure drinking with you, Dan, uh, Brad. It's good to uh, good to meet new friends. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, in person. Oh, yeah. And uh, you can follow me at The Imbiber and you can follow the podcast at WWD underscore podcast. That's our new Instagram. Our podcast grew up and I said, you know what? You've been riding my coattails on my Instagram for too long, podcast. Here's your own Instagram. So you have it now. And there'll be video up there of this. You can check it out. And uh, as always, I know, guys, there's a lot of options out there for podcasts. And uh, I appreciate you tuning in and spending time with us here. Once again, Brad Williams and Rob Dietrich. Guys, thank you for making my day, man. This has been a lot of fun. And again, we're going to do this in person soon. And how about uh, Metallica takes us out right now? (laughs) 